Greetings, Earth Dwellers, and welcome to this mini quick cast of Connections to the Cosmic Gateway, the only earthbound portal to your spiritual wellness. We are hosts today, Belladonna, and I am joined by Juniper Grace. Hello. Today, to your metaphysical toolbox, uh, we'll be sharing. So these are like a portion of what we're calling quick casts. So they're really just these 101 episodes to give you a background on a few topics um, that are easy for you to understand before you start listening to some of the longer podcasts that go into more details. So just to give you a little bit of background, today's topic is going to be astrology. And so what do you know about astrology, Juniper? I know that, I think I know a bit more than your average Joe. Great. Or Joe S. Joe S. <laughs> um, I know there are 12 signs. Yes. I couldn't tell you the order. Um, I know my personal sun, moon, and rising, and I know that that's important, mm-hmm. and not just, you know, what the sun says in the history, uh, horoscope part. Yes. Of the newspaper. I know it's a little more in-depth than that, but I couldn't tell you I really know much more than that. And maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit, but... Okay. I'm going to say I but that's like... But that's still good. I mean, you know that there are 12 signs. Yeah. And uh, the history of it, so I don't know if you know the history, so let's go through okay, a little bit about that. Um, so astrology has been used over the centuries as a tool of divination, and it really allows people to gain insight to a person's life or on a larger scale worldwide events, transits, like where was a particular sign at a time when an event was happening in the world and it kind of affected us as a community or as a worldwide society. And it looks at the energies there. Um, So there's Vedic astrology, which is um, from the Vedic scriptures from India. It's traditional Indian astrology. And there's also tropical astrology. Okay. So the calculations, I like to think of it, I describe it as a computer. It's like drop-down menus. So the calculations in Vedic astrology are extremely accurate. And tropical astrology, if you look where the information is taken from, it's almost like when you have a menu option and then you double-click and there's another menu option. Okay. So tropical astrology's calculations are almost in that next menu level. So it's not that one is more quote-unquote correct than the other. It's almost like a different layer to the same topic. Okay, okay. Okay? Okay. So we call it uh, Jyotish in Sanskrit, and that really means light or heavenly body. Very ancient science, and the principle around it is this. So every soul residing in human form is born into this life at a particular moment in time, and this is really based on unique past lives. Okay. It can be ancestral, it can be a personal karma, but it is this... You know how we have a genetic makeup? Yes. It's like your planetary makeup. Okay. So when you come into this world born, um, and we're talking about our earth dwellers, our human fellow humans, the planets align in this very specific way. And based on any patterns you've come with or any actions that you've done in your past life, Uh, the planets will either form something that is benefic or it will be malefic. So whether it's something that's very beneficial and positive or something that is a bit more challenging. And I do want to just state this by saying I don't like using the word negative. 
because it has what? A fearful connotation. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't want those fearful connotations because sometimes people will see things in their charts and they'll say, oh my God. I'm never going to get what I want because of this. Yes. Or, oh my God, well, you know, my, my, my Venus, your love planet, you know, it's just horrible and I'm never going to find love because this, 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 this. And, and really, it's not about the planet. The planet will only influence you as much as your actions are going to influence the situation. Right. So what it is, is giving us that perspective um, of your astrological chart that allows you to evolve or transcend those patterns and what those planets come in and how they influence you so it's like you can have an influence i could tell you right now hey nicole let's eat some chocolate but if you're really firm in your resolve and you're like no i'm not gonna have any chocolate and i'm sitting here trying to tempt you with chocolate all the time and i keep putting things in your path it's up to you to make a choice whether you're gonna eat the chocolate or not whether you know you're gonna resist so it's really about understanding how we can use our actions Okay. To course correct and karmically correct so that these influences don't have the same impact. Therefore, we can change how our future unfolds. Yeah. By doing those things in the present. Okay. Okay. And so, um, when we do any type of astrological profile, it's really great to have accuracy, of course, because your date of birth, your birth time, where you were born, um, and exactly where you were born really gives us an, a picture of what planets were on the horizon. Because some of these signs that you'll find in, uh, with regards to your rising sign, there's about a two-hour window. Yes. So if you don't get your time right, yeah. your information about your rising sign may not be accurate. Yes. So it's not that we can't give you a planetary profile that's ba- based on your date of birth at that point. But then you're going to miss some of those little nuances that can help you. That can help, right. Right. And then we have what's called sinistry or aspects. So, you know, sometimes you might have heard the word square, opposition, conjunction, sextile, trine. And I know maybe some of you folks who read magazines or the newspaper are like, oh, well, there's a sextile in this and there's a... What are you talking about? Basically, it's just uh, a way of saying how the planets interact with one another okay how they speak to one another okay so what are the degrees with which uh, mathematically they interact with one another and does that form something like an opposition or a square for example which is representative of a tension in your chart okay okay so i'm going to give you an example really quickly before we get into uh the the signs If I have a Venus, which is my love planet, and I have a Mars, which is my willpower planet, and I do have this, and they are square to each other, it creates a tension. So you will sometimes have this, uh, you know, when you want to be more flowing in relationships and also flowing to yourself, you might have a little bit of a conflict because your willpower is at odds with your personal powers at odds with how you interact with people on a partnership level. Okay. Okay. So that can create some tension. So what is the key there? We have to learn how to balance. Mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't mean that these things are negative. They might be a little difficult for you to deal with these Mm -hmm. aspects, but it's about finding the right path to make sure you can balance both. Okay. Okay. So that's what those, and we will talk more about these as we go into some longer episodes with different topics. 
Um, so let's talk about the signs, which you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Of which Juniper did say there are 12, and there are. Do you know how to list all 12 in order? I was about to test you, because <laughs> I have a list that I pulled up while you were chatting of the order of them. <laughs> okay, so I will do my best, Okay. and I will list in order. But uh, in terms of the dates, usually it's around... Uh, the third week of the month, so around between, I'd say, mm-hmm. the 19th and 21st. And the Zodiac sign will go until the next month between the 19th and the 21st. And so Zodiac signs, again, are constellations of the Zodiac that pass the sun passes through. So that's how you get your sun sign. And they are associated with moons and other planets. But right. that's just from the sun sign perspective. So let's talk about that. So the first one is Aries. Those are like my March, April people. Yep. And that's the very first sign. That's the sign of the self. And I'm not going to go too much into the details of each sign because when we pair this with the tarot cards in our episode... Yeah, we'll go more into into more depth. Depth, yeah. And the next one after that, we have Taurus. So those are my April-May people. Yep. Then we have Gemini, yep. May to June. We have Cancer from June to July. And then we have Leo... July to August. Mm-hmm. Then as we start moving into the fall, Virgo from August to September. Mm-hmm. Libra from September to October. Mm-hmm. And then starting into the winter time, Scorpio. Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, guys. So from October to November. And then Sagittarius, Juniper, that's you. The best sign of them all. Oh, God. <laughs> says the Sagittarius. It says the Sagittarius. From November to December. And then we have Capricorn, which is from December to January. And then Aquarius, that goes from January to February. And then Pisces, which is closes the loop from February to March. How did I do? Very good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 See that? So um, we will absolutely be going into detail about the different aspects of each of these signs. What are the characteristics? What are those details? I won't go into this because this is a 101, but I do want to touch next on the elements of the zodiac sign. Okay. So there are categories that each of the signs fall into. Mm -hmm. So we have our fire signs. You're one. Okay. So is your friend Leo and Aries. Yes. So these are the best one. (laughs) So these are the signs guys that represent vitality and passion and joie de vivre, like meaning the joy of life, um, which are the fire signs. So that is when you need something that's going to ignite and stimulate you. Those are the signs that fall um, into the fire aspect. Mm -hmm. So again, the Leo, the Sagittarius, and the Aries. The next one we have, I mean, these are me. These are the water signs. Uh, these are signs that are associated with more emotions, mm-hmm. the flowing of energy, intuition. They're very good at picking up on vibes. Yes. Uh, and those are your Scorpios, your Pisces, and your Cancer signs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Earth. So Earth is the next one. So anytime, I mean, I love being around earthy people because I need to feel grounded. They're very grounded. They're very practical. They can be very stubborn. Um, but the earth really represents that groundedness, that connectedness, and that stability. Yeah. So then you have your signs like Capricorn and Taurus and it's Virgo. That's right, <laughs> Virgo. I didn't forget you. I was getting there. So those are your three earth signs that are associated there. And then you have air, which is really that, you know, that flowy, 
intellect related to the thoughts, related to the mind, like how, you know, what is my creative way of thinking? Mm -hmm. So that's what air represents. And so you have your Aquarians and you have your Libras um, and you have your Geminis. Yeah. Okay. So those are the signs that are associated with air. Um, And so when we talk about these different elements, there's something that I need to remind folks. When you look at your entire chart, just because you're, and I'll use myself as an example, a Scorpio as a sun, it doesn't mean that you don't have a number of other signs sitting in different planets in your charts. Yes. That can actually really have an influence on the way you behave. So yeah. I might be a really emo Scorpio personality wise, but if I have a lot of other signs in my chart that are fire based, mm-hmm that would give a different flair to my emotions. So I might yeah. be a little more quick-tempered with them, for example. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you also have to look at how the elements are affecting your chart yeah. um, from an overall perspective. And then we get into something called the types of signs in a chart. So there's three. There's fixed signs, cardinal signs, and mutable signs mm-hmm. in the, that the zodiac is categorized into. So when you talk about fixed signs, these are signs that are more set in their ways Okay, so these are the people that are stabilizing, they take charge, they can be counted on. I mean, like, you need to bury a body, you call it one of these people, because they're going to be those people that will be able to help and be very loyal and stand by you through something. So anyone that's like a Taurus, a Leo, Aquarius, or Scorpio, those signs are associated with that. Doesn't mean you can't have those characteristics if you're another sign, but it's just that is what fixed signs represent. They're also a lot more stubborn. Yes. Hard to budge. Yes. The cardinal signs, so these are these leaders, these trendsetters, these idea people that fall in the cardinal signs. Um, So these are your Aries, your Cancer, your Libra, and your Capricorn. So these signs are like, you know what? Oh, something needs to be implemented that's new. I'm going to start it. Okay. I'm going to get going on it. Yeah. Um, And they're not going to wait for anyone to do it. They'll just do it and do it. Like, well, with an Aries, less thoughtfully. I have an Aries rising, guys, so, you know, I'm allowed to say that. Um, and for others, a little bit more thoughtfully, but they will just go ahead and lead something without being asked. Yeah. Okay? And then you have the mutable signs. And so mutable signs are signs that are ever-changing. They go with the flow. They want to have fun. They're the philosophers. If something hits the fan and there's a big change, call somebody in a mutable sign, uh, whether it's your Geminis, your Virgos, your Sag, or your Pisces, because... They're really good at managing change. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, there's more of a spontaneous aspect to them. Yeah. Um, they really, you know, help you cultivate that spontaneity. And when you have signs that are a bit more fixed and a bit more rigid, sometimes it's nice to have a little balance here because you can step outside of your comfort zone. Yes. And yeah. start to be okay with yeah. change. Yeah. So, those are the types of signs and thus categorized the same way um any questions that you think you have about the types of signs or even about the elements associated with the zodiac i don't think so i think we're we're good good. okay so we can move on to planets next so let's talk a bit about planets um so everybody knows the planets yes Okay, so we have the sun. Oh, are we waiting for me to respond? Oh, okay. I thought we were talking to everyone, so... Everyone? <laughs> so there's the sun, there's the moon, there's Mercury, 
there's Venus, there's Mars, Jupiter. I'm going in random order. Uh, Saturn. Um, I was going to test you, and then I looked at your screen, and you have the Uranus. <laughs> <Your, laughs> Uranus. I don't know if I said Neptune already, and Pluto. And so each of these signs stand for something different. There's also something really important in astrology that we want to talk about. They're called nodes. So okay. in Vedic astrology, we call them Rahu and Ketu. In tropical astrology, Rahu is the north node and Ketu is the south node. And they are not actually planets, but they are mathematical nodes or calculations in the sky. But dear God, do they have an effect on you? Let me tell you about this. Um, so let's just get a little bit into the sun. Do you know what the sun represents at all? Um, I think the sun represents... Uh, how do you explain? Like a force of nature, power. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... And your personality, yes, and your personality, I think that's what, yes, so you're right, you are a force of nature, and I think you you were describing your personality, so yes, your sun (laughs) uh, is the sun, the planet of the sun is essentially representative of your soul, of yourself, it's associated with prestige, power, ego, and each of these planets also are associated with body parts, so where you're, it's associated with your right eye, your heart, um, also, your son is also where uh, you get things that are with your father. So if there's an aspect there that's not so great, you can have issues with the father. It's the paternal representation. Yeah. I always thought the father was seen as Saturn. Oh, so from a philosophical standpoint, yes. Okay. From a philosophical standpoint, Saturn is your taskmaster daddy that's going to smack you when like the judge the judge yes but from a father like your actual paternity okay like in here in the world your your paternal father your genetic father yes that is where you will see it show up any any relationship issues that you might have from a familial perspective okay and then let's move on to the moon so the moon really governs your emotions, your mind, and that's actually associated with the feminine, right? Yes. And yeah. that's your mom. Yeah. yeah okay, so sure. where you have like that fire energy coming from the sun, you have that more cooler energy that's feminine. So anything that you might have in your chart related, unless you have an aspect that might create issues with your mother, you'll find that aspect happening with the moon. Okay. Um, it's also associated with your left eye and your heart and sleep, also with happiness and travel. So you can see a lot about what's going to happen in terms of travel in your life with your moon. The next is Mars, okay? So this is like your willpower planet. Mars is the god of war. So anything you need where you need courage and valor and really that like third chakra connection, um, anything to do with logic and and business and anything to do with what you want to do in your life, Mm -hmm. that's your planet Mars. Um, it also is associated with politics, drama, and the maternal uncle. I mean okay. that like in the familial sense again. Yeah. So any issues you might have there. Let's talk a bit about Venus. So Venus is that pleasure planet. Yes. Okay. And just remember, each of these planets are governed, each zodiac sign is governed by a planet, but we will go into that in another episode. So Venus is that planet that's associated with beauty and fame and marriage and your your significant other and any type of sexual matters and pleasures and vehicles and and anything that's just related to like material and emotional pleasure okay okay that's your venus planet it's your love planet per se okay 
Um, <laughs> it's also where, you know, if you are particularly talented in dance or music, you'll okay. usually find Quite displacement new. coming up here. Yeah. And then we have uh, Jupiter. So let's talk about Jupiter. Jupiter is our luck, luck, luck. Lucky planet. Yes. So anytime you need, um, you want to find, you know, how, what's associated with your luck, you want to look at Jupiter. Um, it represents your knowledge, your wisdom, uh, devotion, learning, philosophy. It also can look at your children and also with regards to your body, the way you carry it. Also your husband and if you're going to have an older brother. It's also your planet of fortune. So um, I have, for example, Jupiter in the 11th house. And we'll talk about houses just now. But that makes me really lucky when it comes to my friends. And I know that I am. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. <laughs> so I, uh, you can look at where um, something is being impacted when you look at houses. And okay. the planet tells you what is being impacted. Okay. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about Saturn. Okay, so Saturn. That's where we talk about what you're talking about, the father. Yeah. This is because Saturn is that planet. And if anyone's ever heard of their or been through their Saturn return, you know how quote-unquote challenging that time can be because that's where anything that doesn't have a stable foundation, anything that was built on rickety bricks is going to fall apart. Mm. Saturn is a taskmaster. It is the planet that pushes you to grow. Mm -hmm. It is very slow moving. It is very steady. So you can sometimes feel the effects of Saturn as a planet um, really drawn out at times. Mm. Um, so anything, it, it is associated though with what you're going to do with your life. Um, it's associated with karma, death, adversity, service, disease, poverty, any type of losses, it also talks about longevity. So how old you're going to live, you can see that if you look at your house hmm. that's associated with Saturn. So from a Vedic perspective, you can absolutely see that. It also uh, deals with if you're going to, if you go in the wrong direction, what are the chances and the influences of you getting imprisoned or getting okay. caught up in any type of situation that may not be serving you. Saturn's going to tell you where all those little holes are. Okay. Okay. It's a very important planet. Um, the next one, so these three are interesting because Vedic astrology doesn't use them too much. They do use it, but mm -hmm. it, they're not as influential. As as, it, is that because they're so far away? They are so far away, yes. And it's more, I find that these planets are more of a group of people. Absolutely. Rather than individual. Yes. Right? It's, it's, it speaks to a larger yeah. collective. Yeah. And yes, they are further away. Um, but nonetheless important. So yes. if we talk about Neptune, um, Neptune is that planet of technology and, oh, sorry, not technology, psychic. Sorry, that's Uranus. So it's about psychic uh, understanding. It's about intuition, spirituality, compassion, illusions, fantasy. And so here's my thing. Anytime there's a Neptune tr transit and you think you found a really great guy or girl, Look, look past the illusions mm. because sometimes when you have a strong Neptune influence in your chart or even if there's a larger planetary Neptune thing going on in the world around you, mm -hmm. uh, it can really make you see the world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> and uh, that's why sometimes you might be like, oh my God, how did I not see something? Yeah. It can be because of Neptune's influence, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay? And that's another example of how something can be um, affecting you on a larger scale yeah. besides your 
personal one. Okay. So Uranus, sorry, is the technology rebellion innovation. That's that planet that will just do something that just shocks you. It's that awakening upheaval planet. And some people that have like this really interesting Uranus placement, they like to do things that are just completely quirky and out of the ordinary. You find some people with particular placements that can be very eccentric because they love shock value. Okay. And Uranus will really show you in your chart what can just completely change your life. Okay. And it's not always going to be pretty, Mm -hmm. but it'll be Mm -hmm. worth it. And then the uh, last one we have before we go on to the north and south nodes uh, is Pluto. So Pluto is the power of nuclear. It's nuclear power. That's what it is. It's nuclear power. And really, it's creation and destruction. It represents regeneration, transformation, any type of evolution or rebirth, um, and looking at things differently. So when you want to see, and and you can see groups of people are are grouped together, like you were saying, by their Plutos, because um, you'll see that almost two-year time period where your Pluto will be the same as other Mm -hmm. people in that two-year time period, and you share that aspect as a collective group of what you need to change and transform within yourself yeah. and within the people in your birth group okay. for those two years. Um, so then let's get to uh, Rahu and Ketu, so your north and south node. So the north node is really around mystery, foreign accidents, uh, any type of false speech, Any type of thing that can literally lead you into temptation, okay? Okay. It can also be related to pilgrimage. So if you're going to travel again um, a lot, it's related to your paternal grandfather. And it gives you, like, if you listen to tropical astrology's definition, it's about that life direction where you're going. But then on the other side, you can't forget, there's also a ton of things that this illusionary aspect will tempt you with. Okay. So as you're moving into growing into where your new direction is in life, how, like, what are these things that could take you off the path? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then K2, which is your south node. So this talks a lot about, you know, occult science, detachment, moksha, consumption, pain, imprisonment, your maternal grandfather's relationship. And what this represents is things you have come into this life with. Okay. Okay? So you've come in with this, meaning you're really good at it. Yeah. But when you're really good at something, it can be a detriment. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Or it can be beneficial. How do you wield it? Yeah. So are you going to come in, let's say, you were really good at having relationships and and building relationships in your past life. Are you going to come in here and be a people pleaser? Probably. Right. <laughs> or, but, but then you can choose to instead use your skills with relationship building that you've had from a past life to your benefit. Okay. Instead of it going down the other, but it's about you to balance what you've brought in with you. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I do think you missed a planet. What did I miss? You jumped Oh, right Mercury. Mercury. <laughs> Guys, we forgot about Mercury. <laughs> My little fast-moving planet that's so close to the sun and causes all kinds of upheavals when there's a retrograde. Maybe that's why you missed it. Oh, God, because we just finished a retrograde and it was a nightmare, let me tell you. Um, all kinds of things coming back. We will be getting into 
Mercury retrograde yes, at another will, point. But sure. from a planetary perspective, and thank you for reminding me about Mercury, that is your education, your communication, your speech. It governs mathematics, logic writing, um, any type of analytical thinking. So let's think about this. Anytime you have, you're not really great in communication. Let's take a look at your Mercury. Yeah. Let's also take a look at how your Mercury works with your moon. Your okay. moon is your emotion. Yeah. Mercury is your communication. communication. So if your emotions are at odds with your communication, that means you are not going to be that great yeah. about expressing how you feel. Right. And if you have something that's a beneficial aspect between your moon and your Mercury, yeah. then depending on where or it's being impacted across what house, you will be better at communicating or getting across your moods and emotions in that particular scenario. Okay. So that's something, fun fact. And cool. again, guys, we will have another episode that talks specifically about Mercury retrograde and all the fun that comes with that. So do we have any questions about planets before I move on to housing? I don't think so. Okay. But I don't think this should have been called a quick cast. I think we've gone on a little extra. <laughs> but guys, I mean, it's really good high-level information to know about astrology before you start getting into some of the nitty-gritty details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to finish off here just with houses. So anytime you hear that there's a planet in a house, um, I like to think of it this. So the house is where it's being impacted. Okay. And the planet is like the curry okay. ingredient. I don't think you can use that. I think you need to find a different metaphor. Okay. Because, like, well, I understand okay, that. So, so maybe a soup. Okay. So you put a number of ingredients in a soup, a number of ingredients in a curry. You can put a number of ingredients into, like, a cake. Okay. okay? So, you, so each ingredient is going to have its own flavor. Okay. So if you look at the planets as a flavor, the where is the cake. Okay. okay? So the more people think, oh, when they see that, oh, I, I don't have... I have an empty house. I don't have a planet sitting in the house. They think that's a bad thing. Okay. Friends, it's not. When you have an empty house, it just means there's nothing influencing that house. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> like, that means you don't have, like, for example, Saturn, which we just discussed is, like, the difficult task. Yeah. Can you imagine having Saturn in, a, in, in the seventh house? Seventh house is related to your relationships. Great. Cool. Can you imagine what that must be like? So as we go through this, so your first house, let's talk about, uh, about this. Um... Your first house is really about your body, your life, and how it's ruled by the sun. So just remember, okay. you're associating your planets with houses because they are. Okay. But yours might not be exactly in line with your first house associated with your sun, your second house associated, and so on. It's, it, it can be whatever planet decided it wanted to sit. Okay. Okay? So the second house is your speech, your family. Um... And it's ruled by Jupiter and Mercury. Okay. Okay. Your third house is that house of your younger brothers, and that is ruled by Mars, but Saturn and Rahu might also have an influence over your third house. Okay. Even though the primary ruler of that house is the planet okay. Mars. Okay. And then your fourth house, again, is your mother, your vehicles, your residence, and that's ruled by the moon. Okay. And so let's say your fourth house has some type of influence with your moon planet. You can kind of see, okay, how are my emotions related to 
you know, what I will be doing with my life. Okay. Okay. So fifth house, um, that's kids. That's kids. A lot of that has to do with kids. So when you're trying to see, okay, am I going to like, am I going to like have kids? Do I need to find, is there, is there a strength in here if I have something limiting when it comes to like my reproductive energy? Where's my fifth house? Where's my partner's fifth house sitting? Okay. Okay. And then you have your sixth house, sixth house. Oh, this is a fun one. I don't have a good placement here. So that's about disease and enemies. Okay. okay. So anytime you have something going on with your sixth house and that's ruled by, again, Saturn, um, you will see that you'll have a lot of things come up and you know my life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my sixth house placement is not that good, but mm -hmm. I have come to terms with the fact that it's karmic. I yeah. need to work it out. Oh. Okay. So I'm not very upset by it. Okay. Your seventh house represents your spouse. Okay. So that's your relationship house guys. Okay. And so that's ruled by none other than Venus. Cause that's your there. love planet. Yeah. Um, and you'll find sometimes, so I'll give you an example, Mars, the willpower planet, when it sits in the seventh house, mm -hmm. that that's when you're going to be fighting with your significant other all the time. It makes your temperament more self-serving. Okay. And you don't necessarily understand the perspective of your partnership. So when your Mars, your willpower planet is sitting in a partnership planet, mm -hmm. what do you think is going to happen? Misunderstandings. Yeah. Your, you will be very set in your ways. And what your challenge is in that aspect is to look at the other perspective. Okay. Cool. How can I make myself understand that there's another half to this relationship or partnership right whether it's work whether right. it's romantic right um and so the next one after that is the eighth house and so that is again your longevity that's your your underworld house um that's the house that's that's ruled by score that's a scorpio house okay. fyi from a from a zodiac perspective um but it's also ruled by saturn okay and then we have the ninth house. So this is actually when you're looking at your righteous duty. It's also a good luck house too. Okay. So it's ruled by Jupiter. And then also if your sun has an influence on the ninth house, you'll notice you get really lucky when it comes to sometimes your career. Mm -hmm. Like things come out of nowhere. Opportunities for you, excuse me, will come out of nowhere. Quite nice placement. Your 10th house, um, that is your career house. Okay. So that is where, what are you going to be doing with your life? How, how hardworking and dedicated and disciplined are you? Okay. And that's ruled um, by your sun, Jupiter, and Mercury. Then you have your 11th house, and this is your house of income, and it can also be surprise. This is, uh, 11th house is great because this is, this has an influence directly from Jupiter and from Mercury. But again, remember I told you I have a Jupiter in the 11th house? So that makes my luck planet makes me lucky when I have friends. Okay. Okay. So that's, it's any planet, any house that's placed in Jupiter, like any sign or any house placed in Jupiter will always give beneficial results. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's good to know. Because Jupiter is your lucky planet. So yeah. whatever you got going on in there will always give something to you. That's good to know. Yes. And the last house, so this is the 12th house and... Again, this is, this is a sign, the 12th house is associated with Pisces. So this is that final, this is that ending, this is that spirituality. Okay. Okay. So the 12th house is about your spirituality and about moksha, so transcendence. Okay. Okay. And the, your, this will have a direct influence from Saturn. So your 12th house 
you know, what is your purpose? Where are you going? Where are you going spiritually? Mm. Good to know. Okay, so that's how the planets, the houses, and the zodiac signs differ from one another. Cool. Do you have any final questions before we wrap this up for folks? I don't think so. I think I'm good. Okay, so that is your Astrology 101. We went on a little longer than expected. A little longer than A little longer. <laughs> and I talked a lot. But hopefully that gives you guys some more understanding before we start going in depth during yeah. our other podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I think that's it. So... Yeah, that's it, I think. Okay, so we hope you enjoyed your travels with us today. Uh, remember to hit that subscribe button. And as always, don't leave Earth without us. Bye, guys. Bye.